I'm tired of people going, well, the white guilt, the white guilt. Okay, now here's the thing. I'm not blaming you, Katie, as a white person. Right. But you need to understand that what your ancestors did to my ancestors was fucked up. Yes. That's it. Yeah. I'm not putting any blame or guilt on you. Right. And that's what a lot of people do. They're like, well, I, I never had a slave. Nor do I put guilt on my aunt. Like, I do not feel the guilt of my racist grandpa. He's racist. I disagree with him. I call him out all the time. Because you're a good ally. Right. But I am not responsible for his actions. Correct. I'm just trying my best. Correct. And that's all you can do is try your best. So I always put this into like my situation. Again, I'm a straight woman. But how white people are tired of white people. I'm a straight person who's tired of straight people. <laughs> like when I see straight people doing just like hetero shit, I'm like, oh my God. I promise you we're not all like this. <laughs> I promise we're not all like this. It's the gayest part of your day. Sit back and grab a shot Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Out to Adult. This is Katie Cleary and today with me I have Sharita Gaskin. Sharita and I have known each other for like 10-ish years, 12 years. I don't know. She is yet another cheer friend of my siblings. They all were cheerleaders together, like legitimate big time professional cheerleaders. And Sharita was a flyer. So she was always the one flying 20 feet above the crowd. And my sister was the one who was supposed to catch her. <laughs> and you know what? A fun fact is Sarah Lynn was the first girl to throw me in a double full basket. And I'm sure that's very impressive. But nobody knows what that is. <laughs> she threw me and caught me. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And Sarah Lynn is my sister. They're a good time. We yeah. truly are. And all the backflips on the beach of Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Mm -hmm. We definitely did tons and tons of backflips on the beaches. Yeah. And after Santa Cruz Pride, every year, this group would go down to the beach around noon, one o'clock. And there's like 40 cheerleaders 60 cheerleaders tons and so it's good looking people with great bodies all muscular now in their little tiny swim trunks because they're gay men of course of course <laughs> and the bikinis yep. doing backflips and throwing each other on the beach drawing a crowd because they could that's that is exactly what cheerleading is and i would not trade it for the world no that i was, think it's great it was the best the best time ever but now we're old and we have kids and we're not wearing bikinis yeah, some of us have kids. <laughs> I do not. Okay, so Sharita has a YouTube channel called Sharita Explains It All, where she talks about a whole bunch of different things and uses it as a platform to just kind of spread her knowledge. And what else? I use it to kind of educate people on mm -hmm. literally any topic. If it's controversial, I'm going to talk about it. Because it's all, explains it explains all. Explains it all, not explains some of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I explain it all. <laughs> any topic, any, any topic. topic up for grabs. We'll talk about it. And today, folks, we are going to be talking about various forms of racism. So this can be a heavy topic. We're going to try and do it in a nice way. We both can get very heated about this topic, just so you know. Absolutely. And I will be playing the role of your typical white girl. And I will be playing the role of your typical angry black woman. And for reference, I am your typical white girl. And I'm your typical angry black woman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, like that sums it up. That sums it up. I did grow up in California, so I think I have had more opportunities to be among a diverse group of people. And that does not just mean black. For those of you in the South, that, that does not mean just black versus white. That's not at all. Not that's at all. Culture, <laughs> religion, race, gender, sexuality, sexuality, all of it. Yeah. All of it. And I, I too grew up in California, but I grew up on an Air Force base mm. where I was always the only. So yeah. it was one of those things where you know, in history class and they would talk about slavery and they'd all just look at me. Oh, <laughs> exciting. Because, you know, uh, I guess I, 
I was a slave at once. I don't know mm-hmm. because they, they thought it was okay to look at me when right. the teacher brought up slavery. Well, and I've been in classes where the teachers have called on the only black person <laughs> to give their thoughts about racism for the entire culture. Correct. Which is a little bit what we're doing here today. Absolutely. <laughs> but we know we acknowledge that. We know each other. And I think this is going to be fun. I'm going to just pre-apologize right now for any rants we might go on, but they're most likely well-deserved. Correct. Because we're both basically the same age. We almost have the same birthday. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of alike, but a little different. If you saw a picture of both of us, I mean, (laughs) you wouldn't be able to tell who's who. The only thing different is that Sharita has her nose pierced. That's it. The only the difference. The only difference. We're the same height, mm-hmm. same weight, yep. same hair, mm-hmm. all of it. Well, until we submit a resume and they see that my name is Catherine and, and my your name, name is Sharita. <laughs> and I get that job and you don't even get a phone call. So that, folks, is white privilege. Part of this conversation is that you have to understand that white privilege is a thing You don't have to fully understand what it is or how it affects you as an individual, especially if you're white. White people, I'm talking to you. White privilege is a thing that exists. If you have not felt the benefit of being white, it's that you've never been pulled over for being white. Correct. Right. It does not mean that you are just issued free handouts. It means that the color of your skin has never been the reason you have not gotten something absolutely people think white privilege equals wealth or Mm -hmm. rich for some reason and that's not what privilege means because if we truly want to talk privilege i am a privileged person i live in a condo that my parents bought for me that's nice i do have that privilege however people are going to look at me differently because i am black they they've never heard me speak. They don't they don't know anything about me, but they're going to assume that I'm loud. They're going to assume that I'm quote unquote ghetto. Yes. They're going to assume things about me based on the color of my skin. Yes. And that's what privilege is. I've been manhandled by cops. Mm-hmm. I'm four foot eleven. Yeah. She's teeny tiny. I'm a little individual. I got manhandled by cops because they felt threatened by mm-hmm. me. That's what they told me. And this is a topic for another episode, but they never felt physically threatened. Their importance felt threatened. Correct. Their sense of self. Yes. Because, again, I'm little. There's no, And there were three of them, I believe. Three of them tackled me. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That does not happen to white people. It doesn't. Not at all. Mm-mm. And if it does, they probably deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate to say it, but yeah, it's, it's true. It's not a 14-year-old black kid on their way home from school who is not listening to the cops because he has his fucking headphones in. Right. Like, right. it's an active decision with that white person actively fighting back, perhaps having a gun on them, brandishing it. Right. Brandishing it. Because let's look at the protests right now. How many white people have guns right now in Michigan yelling at cops in their face and the cops do nothing. They're still alive. Right. Those white people threatening cops with guns are still alive. Mm -hmm. But tons of black men and women and children are dead because of what they thought the kid could have had. A bag of Skittles. A bag of Skittles. Trayvon Martin. That one... Truly, I know it happened a long time ago and I've been black for 35 years, but for some reason that one truly pushed me over the edge to be this angry black woman Mm -hmm. because I knew for a fact George Zimmerman was going away for life. Yeah, I knew he was Yeah, because he killed an unarmed teen for no reason other than the fact that he was black. Killed a minor. A 17 year old. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what made me mad because I myself am raising a young black man. I have a son who's nine years old. And no matter what I do, no matter what I teach him, he is still perceived as a threat based 
on his skin color. Nine and years old. Nine. Nine. And um, a while ago, I sent him out to play with his friends. He comes back in the house. And I said, oh, are you guys done playing? He said, no. They told me I cannot play with them. And I said, what do you mean? He said, they said, I'm not allowed to play. So I got on my angry black woman's shoes and I went outside and I asked them, I said, how come Miles cannot play with you? And they said, well, it's not that we don't want to play with them, but our parents don't want us playing with him. Mm -hmm. Okay, why is that? Well, well, we don't know. I know why. It's because he was the only black kid in that circle. Yep. The only black kid in that circle. And you're trying to tell me that 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 you, my son, cannot play with you guys because of something your parents said. I don't blame the kids. The kids did not know. Racism and any kind of prejudice is taught. And our first teachers are our parents. So when children show this kind of action, it's as a direct result of what their parents are telling them at home on a regular basis. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm raising my son to be a proud black man. Good. A proud. (laughs) When he was in maybe like first grade, he was sent home a homework assignment and it was to ask your parents what what book they liked best out of all these whatever tons of books or something. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, my mom likes a Martin Luther King Jr. book because he's black. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I mean. Langston Hughes. He's not wrong. Right. (laughs) Right. Also, brilliant speaker. Brilliant. Yes. Yes. There's a reason he can move a nation. There it is. Okay. Um, This noise you hear is our margaritas swirling around. (laughs) Raspberry margaritas today. That's what we're drinking. That is. So, often, right now, these days, since the election cycle of 2016, we hear a lot that racism is in the news, that we're making a, quote, big deal out of racism or what have you. Now, part of it is because we have a racist president. Period. Period. It does not matter if you believe it or not. Full stop. Racist. Now, it's easy for us, the people who are not affected by racism on a regular basis, to say it's big now. But it's not big now. It has always been an issue and it is just still, still not resolved. Correct. Like Rodney King. Rodney King. We watched that man get beat Mm -hmm. for no other reason than the fact that he was black and nothing happened to those cops. And it's still happening. It's happening because people excuse it. They excuse it time and time again. And I find it funny that white people always say, why do you guys make everything about race when white people were the first people Mm -hmm. to make everything about race? Race didn't exist until a white person was like, let's think of a reason we can dominate an entire culture of people. Correct. And start the slave trade. That's it. And people will, you know, will come back and say, well, black people had slaves too and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But no, white people are the dominant race. Right. So that's why it's an issue. And we're talking about America, Europe, Australia, any British colony, which, you know, it's most of the world. Right. (laughs) South Africa, apartheid. Oh, my gosh. Lord. Have you read Trevor Noah's book? It's called. okay. so it's called Born a Crime. Mm, I did hear about that. Because Trevor Noah is a literal product of. So one of his parents is white. One of his parents is black, which is not allowed in South Africa, mm -hmm. which is where he's from. And his book, Born a Crime, read it. Or if you guys prefer the audio version. Mm hmm. Oh, I listened to the audio version and it's Trevor Noah's voice. So it's perfect. Oh my God. It's perfect. It's perfect. That, I mean, Trevor Noah's not even 40 years old and he was born Mm -hmm. a crime. Like this stuff is still happening. In America, the first people to integrate Alabama schools are still alive. That's mind blowing. They are still alive. People always say, oh, it was so long ago. No, it wasn't. It truly was not. My mom, she did not see her. So she was born in Alabama. Oh. 
Yes. She moved to to California, Sacramento, when she was about 12. She said that was the first person she saw somebody that was not white or black. That was the first time she saw like a Filipino. Yeah. Interesting. That was not long ago. No, it wasn't. I was, oh man, maybe like 12 years ago, I was sitting at a baseball party and one of the girls' mom was visiting and she's from Alabama and the mom was literally making us fried green tomatoes, which was kind of cool because we had never like, we didn't know that we were a bunch of kids from California and new England. Like we had never had fried green tomatoes. We didn't actually know that was a thing other than a movie title. Right. As I say, <laughs> isn't it a book? Right. Yeah. <laughs> also folks, green eggs and ham. That's a thing too. Oh, you didn't so know it's not, it's not just Dr. Seuss. It's not just Dr. Seuss. That's a meal. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, see, the more, you know, <laughs> so this old woman is making fried green tomatoes talking about the good old days in the South and how the blacks made it so that her kid had to take a bus all the way across town because they wanted to go to the white schools. God help you. Oh, First of all, heaven forbid. across town, <laughs> across town, your free bus ride across town is what's making you whine about this? No, it's not. It's your inbred racism. Right. And that woman, who was probably late 60s when she was telling the story, is a product of generations of racist people. Her family members were involved in the slave trade. There's no question. Right. Because it wasn't that long ago. Not at all. Not at all. And you know what's funny is they are actively arresting black parents for sending their kids to quote unquote white schools. There's a mom mm -hmm. who was arrested because she lied about her, her address yep. so that her kid could go to the, the better school, right? Which had, you know, predominantly yeah, white. It people. has better budgeting, better materials, usually better teachers, a whole system in place that, the white people who make the laws in that town put money into that school because they absolutely know the demographics of every school in their area. Right. Right. But heaven forbid a black person wants better for their child. Mm -hmm. What is that one black kid going to do to that school? Nothing. And yet we have a whole bunch of celebrities right now who finally got arrested after cheating their way into Ivy League colleges. Right. And, and, get, and, and they were what? White. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it took them years to finally arrest someone. Right. Years. And had the news not broken that information first, nothing would have happened to them. Nope. Not a single thing. They would have just swept it under, under the rug. They would have probably just paid somebody off. Mm -hmm. That is white privilege. I was in Boston Airport which is the airport that the September 11th planes flew out of for reference oh, folks, Jesus. Boston airport and waiting in line to, you know, take off my shoes and get x-rayed and put all my stuff through the, through the thing. And this old white guy, probably late seventies, but still not like decrepitly old. Like he was functioning, had on him a razor bag of toothpaste, rubbing alcohol, like, various things that are blatantly not allowed. And we had just sat in line, stood in line for a half an hour reading the signs. These are the things that aren't allowed. You're going to have to take off your shoes. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do this. You can't wear a jacket through the x-ray machine. And we get up there and this old white guy bumbling around being like, what do you mean I can't take this? What do you mean I can't take this? And they stopped the entire line to help this guy figure his shit out. And I was like, this right here is the definition of why we have a security system. Get him out of the line. Right. Go do a secret search. If he just blatantly is not listening to anything you say, and now you're going to further delay everyone else to custom help him. You guys aren't doing that. You're not doing that to any foreigner. You're not doing that to any minority. You're not doing that to a single mom with her children with her. You're not doing that. You're doing it for old white guys. Right. That's that's the issue. Old white men. Old white men are the problem. Yes. And we need to actively vote them out of 
the government. Yes. Because that right there alone is a problem. And that's that's the problem with any big corporation. Mm-hmm. If you look at all the big corporations, at the top is an old, bitter white man. Mm-hmm. Old, male, and pale. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you're not wrong. Right. That's it. And and then the lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't need we don't need black people to do yeah. that. We don't need this. We don't need that. Well, because minorities still aren't allowed at the country club. And that's where we go golf. Right. And the crazy thing is white people or not oppressed people will tell you, go make your own. Like, don't complain. Mm-hmm. Go make your own. But then when oppressed people make their own, then all of a sudden it's considered racist, like BET. Yep. So. Black people were tired of seeing the old shtick of black people on white shows being the help or yes. being the loud, the loud, boisterous ghetto the person, drug addict. the drug addict. You know, they, they were tired of seeing these negative connotations. So when black people were saying, hey, can we be the lead of something? Mm-hmm. Can we be a, a a lawyer in a show? Can we be this? Can we be that? And what did white people say? Go make your own. So guess what they did? Mm -hmm. They made their own. They, they made BET. Then all of a sudden it was, well, BET is racist. Can you imagine if there was a WET? Well, can I tell (laughs) you what? It's called the WBF. Can I? It's called CBS. ABC, NBC, WB, (laughs) the CW, Fox. Fuck. That's, that's WET. The Home Shopping Network. lifetime movie yes you know and oh and that's the issue the issue isn't like they they give you a little bit you know they go okay fine here here's your one Mm -hmm. black person they okay so whenever any group of people complains the people in charge will negotiate and i'm putting that in quotes you just can't see them they will negotiate until they have found the least amount of breadcrumbs to give to that complaining group of people. They do this with unions. They do this with civil rights, with gender identity rights, with gay marriage. It's we're going to drag this out as long as possible to benefit the people that are still in charge. And then only after we've given you the least amount that you will be satisfied with, then we can wash our hands. We can say, look, we gave you what you want. Right. That's exactly what it is. They'll go, here, look, we gave you guys mm. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. Why are you still complaining? Why are you complaining? How come? And I, okay, so I'm an avid watcher of the show Friends. Oh, yeah, she is. I she, <laughs> Actually, I have Friends socks on right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Sharita and Sarah Lynn and Amy like to go to Friends Trivia. I'm only allowed because I'm the common link. I offer nothing to the team, but I pay for the pizza. And we have won three times. Correct. And these three, before the question is even actually out of the guy's mouth, they're already answering. And it's ridiculous stuff. It's like, who appears fourth in the opening (laughs) credits of season seven? (laughs) I mean, but we know. Right. It, It happens. Yeah. That's what happens. But on the show Friends... I can probably name five black people that appeared on the show in 10 seasons, 10 seasons. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if this was a show now, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't support it. But again, sure. It came out in 1994. Right. When there were only white people. When there were, that was it. There were only white people in 1994. I mean, I was born in 84. So I don't. I don't know why they didn't put me on the show. Right. You were of age. I was of age. I was 10. Well, but we had the Cosbys. <laughs> right. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Oh, here here you go. The Cosbys. And Here's I mean, your crumb. That's it. Yeah. Stop complaining. But with a show that was so popular as Friends, which they actually ripped off another black sitcom called Living Single. Yeah. I they- was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they ripped off Living right. Single. And the fact that there were just no black people. And I was listening to Jennifer Lewis, her audiobook, The Godmother of Hollywood. Let me Google that. Yeah, it's Jennifer Lewis. But she was talking in her sh- in her book about how she got on the show Friends. And she straight up asked 
it was either the producer or somebody, have you ever had a black person on Friends? And they said no. And she said, well, I'm going to be the first. And she was the first. The Mother of Black Hollywood, a memoir by Jennifer Lewis. There it is. It's another one that you should listen to. It's a good book. I'm going to need to start taking notes. (laughs) The fact that in 1994 that they weren't having reoccurring black people on their show Mm -hmm. says speaks volumes. Right. I don't care what anybody says. Representation matters. I grew up thinking white was right because that's all I ever saw. And not to mention that I was in a heavily white sport. I was a gymnast growing up. Yeah. I was a gymnast and I grew up on an Air Force base. All I ever saw was white. Mm -hmm. I turn on my TV. Mm -hmm. All I see is white. And that is part of why Simone Biles has a huge following. Yes. Because it's this little black girl who kicks ass. And you know what is crazy is she's doing things that these little white girls can't do. Yes. And they are devaluing what she does. She's done the hardest dismount that anybody's ever done. And this is going to sound like foreign language to If you're not familiar with the sport of gymnastics, it's going to sound like another language, but they have values from the letters A to F. She's done the hardest dismount that anybody has ever done on beam. And they valued it at like a D. (laughs) Yeah. And so for gymnasts, how you do your initial routine has a starting score. So you cannot get higher than whatever your routine and the amount of tricks you have in it says you can get. Right. From there, like if your initial value is 8.8, you cannot get higher than an 8.8. Every single mistake is just a deduction. Right. And that is partially to avoid giving a perfect 10. Right. Because there's no such thing as perfection. Mm -hmm. But... The fact that they are devaluing what she's doing because all of these other people can't. Yes. Like the racism is everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. They're telling that she's four foot nine. Yeah. (laughs) She's four foot nine and she's doing things that other people physically cannot do. And they're saying, oh, well, it's only worth a D rather than the highest that they can give, which is like an F. Mm -hmm. And they're saying it because they don't want people trying it who can't do it. Oh, no. I promise you that was their reasoning. Oh, my God. This is too dangerous for your common white guy. So instead of saying, hey, drunk white girl, please don't try this. We're going to devalue this black girl's work. Yes. Bullshit. There are four events in women's gymnastics. She has skills named after her on three. Mm. Three of the four. Imagine telling Sean White... You can't go that high on your snowboard because some other Canadian or Russian might hurt themselves. Some preppy in Colorado is going to break his back trying to do the trick that you just did. So we're not going to give you as many points. We're not going to give you that gold medal you just earned. People would lose their shit. Right. People would lose their shit because he's a white man. Right. But oh, but we're not going to we're not going to give Simone what she deserves. Oh, knock, knock. And now Camden is here, so we're going to take a break. (laughs) The moderators are a mess, so excuse us for this rest as they get their shit together. All right, we are back, and so are the kids. So you might hear them in the background a little bit, and please forgive us, this is quarantine. It happens. It happens. Okay. So I'd also like to ask that as you're listening for you to keep an open mind and think about what resonates with you and what actions you can take in your relationship with any types of minority. So white people, I'm talking to you. What actions can you take on a day-to-day basis, either in your career, with your friends, or in your general community to help ease the burdens that minorities face on a regular basis? How can you be a better ally? So I think what needs to happen is just call people out on anything. All racism, it doesn't matter if it's ill-intended or not. Like, you just have to call out the racism no matter how much it is. Racism is racism. Mm -hmm. And I strongly believe in 
be careful of what you think. It, there's like some quote and it's like, be careful of your thoughts because your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. Your yep. actions become your beliefs. Yes. And I truly believe that. So when you do little things, little, little, little things, those things become what you truly believe. So even if you're, you're being racist, even if it's something so little, you telling have a racist joke, tell it, Exactly. Telling a racist joke or or being a racist apologist. Crossing that, to the other side of a street when a black person is walking towards you. Right. Or when a black person gets on the elevator, you bring your purse closer to you. Yeah, and step away. And exactly. Fear. Those are the things that you have to call out. And then and you have to realize this is deep rooted in my thoughts because of things that I see on TV or things mm -hmm. that I've heard on the radio or anything. And that's why I truly, truly believe that representation matters because yes. not all black people are the same. Not all white people are the same. Not all Hispanic people are the same. Not all Asian people are the same. And just because there's such a negative connotation with black people doesn't mean that all black people are, are evil Right. It doesn't mean that all black people are this or all black people are that. I myself, I've been told time and time again, you talk like a white person. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Just because I'm educated. So basically what you're saying is that white people are inherently more intelligent than black people. Right. Those words matter. Those words hurt. Don't tell me I sound white. Yeah. Because you're smart for a black person. You're, That's what people are saying. You're pretty for a black person. Yes. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard that. Oh, you're gay, but you're so cute. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're way too pretty to be gay. Yep. Or you probably haven't had the right dick. Mm-hmm. You don't, you just don't know. Right. Those things are harmful. Those things are hurtful. And you can't stereotype everybody. Because that's not what it is. But as an ally, especially with the racism that's going on, you need to call out racism when it is racism. You cannot excuse it. You can't be like, well, it would have happened if they were. No, no, no. Because it would not have happened. No, it only happened because they were black. So if Ahmaud Arbery would have stopped for two strange white men with machine guns, they would not have murdered him. That's the logic right, that racist right. people try to use. I will also say that a lot of racism that I have seen firsthand is based in ignorance. Correct. I was watching some show like Paternity Court or Divert. Judge Judy. <laughs> it was some, yeah, Judge, something like that. And it was a white man who was married or was dating a black woman. Mm -hmm. And he even himself said, I just assumed that all black people were like this because I've never met a black person. And the thing is, you need to open up your circle. Right. And I'm not saying that like you just go out and like find the first black person or minority person that you meet. But if you realize that your circle is all the same type of people, yep. you are part of the problem. Open up your mind to different Expand people. your horizons. Expand it. Because, I, and, and again, I've grown because I used to be problematic and I used to be self-hating because I was never represented. And I used to think that, oh, black people are this, black people are that, even though I, as a black mm -hmm. person, was not like this or like that. But it was because of what I saw on TV. Right. And it, and what I heard on the radio. And it's just representation matters. If you've never in your life met a, a minority or somebody different than you, the only thing that you know about those people are what is presented on the television. And that's why other minorities push so hard to be like, listen, this is not how black people are. Can we hire some black people to represent them the right way mm -hmm. on television. Right. Let me give you a little case study of why representation matters. In Brown versus the Board of Education, a famous Supreme Court case that we have here in the United States, which led to the desegregation of schools, they did a test. 
and they had dolls and they had a white doll and they had a black doll and they were the same, same hair, same eye color. One had black skin, one had white skin and they gave them to the children to play with. White children and especially black children picked up the white doll. And so the psychologist running this experiment would ask the black children, like, why? Why did you pick the white doll? Oh, she's pretty. The black doll doesn't have good hair. The black doll is ugly. The black doll is dumb. The black doll is not cute. The black doll is negative, 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 negative. The white doll is what everyone should be. Right. I grew up thinking that white was right. Right. And I've been watching... (laughs) I've been watching In Living Color. (laughs) Nice. And I watched it as a child, but I now understand what Keenan Ivory Wayans was saying and doing. And what happened is the first three seasons, it was all his. Mm -hmm. It was Keenan Ivory Wayans. That's it. White people got offended because (laughs) they were speaking the truth. Right. And if you don't know what In Living Color is, it's basically like a Saturday Night Live, but with black people. Yeah. And Jim Carrey. Sounds awesome. And Jim Carrey. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, the whitest guy out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But they would talk about black issues. They would talk about racism. And I specifically remember this one. And it was a little girl. Well, she was, you know, portraying a little girl. And she goes, it's called Black World. And I'm going to have this. It's going to be all the black people. And, and, not like, and not like the dolls that we have. But it's going to be a real black person with black hair and a black nose. <laughs> and like, <Yeah. laughs> you know, like who black people truly right. are. Because the black people that they push, they're pretty in accordance to like what Euro, what is it like Euro- Eurocentric Eurocentric standards they're pre- are. right they're pretty in terms of they have long hair correct oh my god mm-hmm. you have long straight hair yeah oh my god your nose is so tiny mm-hmm. yeah or wow you have colored eyes yes and it's like no mm-hmm. how come black people just can't be beautiful for being black listen some of the best images I saw of the beauty of black people were when the movie Black Panther came out and they did the red carpet. Every black actor was wearing African related clothing by African designers, by black designers. They had black photographers, black hairdressers, like, oh, stunning, stunning, magnificent, like beautiful. Like, yes, that is a black queen right there. And right. Brilliant. Like, like, I was blown away and we don't get to see that very often. No, because they push now. I'm just going to throw out some names, but they push people like Tyra Banks, Mm -hmm. who is, yeah, she's a black woman. She's a proud black woman, but she's also a lot lighter than true, you know, than, than people would like to accept, I guess. Mm -hmm. She's a beautiful woman, period. But racist people will look at her and go, Oh, I I totally do her for a black girl. Mm-hmm. They say things yeah. like that, and they think it's okay. And I myself used to think that was a compliment. I've been told you're so pretty for a black girl, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, thank you so much. Right, but not realizing that was rooted in racism. Yeah. It's like internalized homophobia. It's internalized racism. Correct. Because when a child hears for their entire existence that they are wrong, that they are bad, that they are lesser than, they believe it. Because when society tells you things over and over and over and you see it every day and you see that people have protests against you and you see people are killing your own kind and people are deliberately crusading against your rights, that fucks you up. It does. That's why I push so hard. And I think that's why now I am the way I am. And that's why I am this perceived angry black woman. Mm -hmm. Because I've been told, obviously not by my parents or my family, but I've been told by society and media that I am less than. Yep. And you can tell yourself the same thing over and over and over again. But when you are told the same thing over and over again, like I said before, your your thoughts, your words become your thoughts, your actions, mm-hmm. your beliefs. 
So, yeah, you believe it. Right. And you can try to tell yourself every day, I'm beautiful, I'm this, I'm that. But when you're looking on active media daily telling you that you're not. That Nazis and the KKK is marching in the street with torches and they're being called a fine group of people by the president of your country. But Black Lives Matter is a cult. Black Lives Matter is the issue. And the thing is, is with Black Lives Matter... Nothing else before that, like nobody else was protesting like, oh, blue lives matter or, you know, all lives Mm -hmm. matter. Nobody was talking about that until Black Lives Matter became a thing. Why is Black Lives Matter a thing? Of course, we all believe that all lives matter. But until Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. all lives don't. On a regular basis. And if we're going to break it down, no, you people saying all lives matter don't actually think that. The people saying all lives matter are Republicans. Correct. So tell me, how much do all lives matter when you are for capital punishment, when you support wars, when you are okay with police officers in your town killing unarmed black people? It doesn't make sense. Your own actions say you don't actually believe all lives matter. But that was your most creative comeback to Black Lives Matter because you can't just outright say, but we think white lives matter more. Correct. And that's the thing is people will be like, oh, Black Lives Matter isn't a thing. What if white lives matter? They, they always read. Yeah, hello, 200 years of slavery. We know white lives matter. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. People were so upset that Colin Kaepernick took a fucking mm. knee He he kneeled to say, listen, this is what's happening. He kneeled to say, please stop killing us. That's it. He didn't say anything else. Just stop killing us. Just stop killing us. And now we have thousands of right-wing whack jobs saying, we're protesting. We're using our amendment rights. We're protesting because we want you to give us a haircut. Right. But they were mad at Colin Kaepernick for taking a knee. And they just all they kept saying was, well, no, he has the right to protest, but do it in a different way. Uh-huh. How how else are we supposed to do it? Yeah. How else are we supposed to do it? That was the, literally the most peaceful way you could that do That was it. literally the most peaceful way. And basically he was that was the the best form of protest because Be- it wasn't violent. There were no loot. There was no looting or rioting or any of that. Yeah. It's peaceful. Very peaceful. But again, people would say, oh, no, I I don't agree with it. Okay, give him another Mm -hmm. way to do it. Well, I can't give you another way. It disrespects the military. Um, Listen, what disrespects the military is having a shitty VA program. Yes. That continually faces budget cuts, even though it's already poorly performing. And you know this. And what else is bad to the military is to start wars with people who didn't attack us and who didn't have weapons of mass destruction. Yes. What is also bad for the military is um, to treat vets like absolute garbage because they chose to be a soldier. You know the suicide rate for mm-hmm. for ex-soldiers. Yeah. And, and so does your government, folks. Yes. But but what Colin Kaepernick did was disrespectful to the military. I grew up on an Air Force base. I myself am not a veteran. My dad is. And there's there was no disrespect. Right. Not a single not ounce at all. of disrespect. Yep. And the thing is, is Colin Kaepernick sat down with somebody. I think he was in the army. Mm-hmm. And before the, he ever did this. The guy said, well, no, because he, so Colin Kaepernick sat first. He sat. Oh, yes, you're right. I remember he sat and everybody was like, no, that's disrespectful, this, that, and the other. Then he had a meeting with somebody in the army and the guy said, listen, I fully respect what you're doing. However, take a knee because that is respectful. Right. You get down on your knee when you propose to somebody. Mm-hmm. You get down on your knee when somebody passes away. When you pray. You get down on your knee when you pray. There's so many things that you do on your knee. So this man who was in the military said, this is what you should do if you want to mm-hmm. protest peacefully. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. And 
everybody still had a problem with it. But here's the thing. He brought light to what's going on. That is the problem they had. Because now we have to address the elephant in the room. Right. Which is why are black men, women and children being killed for no reason? Right. Without recourse. Right. Without punishment. Right. And that's that's the thing. Do you remember when the cop was the name? Both both um both um Oh Botham Jean. Yes. So he was in his house. Yes. Eating ice cream, literally doing nothing. Mm -hmm. A white woman shot and killed him because she thought it was her house. Right. Not in trouble. No. Not in trouble. She did. I think they sentenced her to 10 years, which she only has to do five. And the black judge hugged her. Oh, my God. Hugged her. That's ridiculous. As of as if, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that you went through this. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry that you murdered someone. Had that been a black man mm-hmm. who shot a white person, doesn't matter if it was a white yeah. child, doesn't matter if it was a white man, doesn't matter if it was a white woman. Life in prison. Life. Life. With no chance of parole. Right. But white privilege does not matter. Right. And as unfortunate as that was, a lot of the Blue Lives Matter people were so confused. They didn't yeah. know how to feel. Yep. They didn't know how to feel because they're like, well, he was a black cop. Yep. She was a white cop. So what? how am I supposed to feel? And they, they didn't know. They didn't know how to feel. You're supposed to feel indignant when someone gets murdered. For no reason. He lost his life for what? Literally nothing. Right. Nothing. And I cannot stand when, you know, people who like run from the cops. Yeah. You know, if they were innocent, they shouldn't have been running. How about they're scared for their life? Right. Because you have a history of killing people. Because white cops have a history of killing black people. And also, here's the thing. If you're being chased because you might have broken into that car back there, that is not a capital offense. It's not a death sentence. But you chasing them and shooting an unarmed black guy because he dared to run away from you. Of course, he's going to run away from you. You're nobody. Yeah. So basically what people are saying is two white men told him to stop. So he Mm -hmm. should have. Mm -hmm. Why? Right. Why should he have stopped? Would you have stopped for two white men? Mm -hmm. Basically, what you're saying is white men have power. They are saying that. It's not basically. That's what they are saying. And how dare you question a white man's power? And I will tell you what. As a white woman, been a white woman my whole life, I have never seen a more fragile ego than when a white man is accused of something. Just accused. Just throw out a casual accusation and they lose their shit. As if white men can't do wrong. Ask them to wear a four-inch piece of cloth over their face to protect themselves and others, and they take their machine guns down to the Capitol Hill and demand freedom. (laughs) Right. How dare you? Yeah. I'm going to not wear this, and I'm going to... Okay, so don't get mad when you get Mm -hmm. shot and killed by the cops, which we know is not going to happen. happen. Right, because if a white cop, or any cop, if a cop kills a white person... That's going to be on every single news outlet in the country. Absolutely. And they will not rest until there is a full-fledged investigation. Yeah, but with Ahmad, with Ahmad Arbery, they said, oh, did you know when he was 17, he got... Nobody cares what he did at 17. Right. What was he actively <laughs> doing? Do you know who else did something at 17? He's a Supreme Court justice now. <laughs> Right. But of course, that doesn't matter. Right. No, none of that matters. But when a man or a woman or a child is shot and killed, they want to be like, well, I mean, they really weren't a good person to begin with. What makes you think that? That's still not a death penalty. It's not a death sentence. Your president has had multiple affairs, multiple sexual allegations, credible sexual allegations against him. Good God, if a black kid did that. You'd be trying to hang him. Absolutely. Oh, he's a terrible person. Black people, you know what I've learned being in the YouTube space? Black people are not allowed to grow and learn from their mistakes. But racist white people Mm -hmm. can get away with literal murder Mm -hmm. 
And all it takes is one white tear. Not guilty. Okay, can we talk about how I just love to consume white tears? It's my <laughs> favorite for breakfast. It's my favorite beverage. <laughs> well, because of all the salt, they're really good at rehydrating the body. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta get them electrolytes. Uh-huh. Let's talk about what is what are white tears. When I hear white tears, the first thing I think is barbecue Becky. I don't know if you remember <laughs> barbecue Becky. Yeah, lay it on us. But there were a group of black people who were just barbecuing in a park. Barbecuing while black. Exactly. This white woman took it upon herself to call the cops because they were barbecuing. It, nothing that they did or said or anything was illegal. She called the cops. And we know that cops and black people sometimes end up in a death sentence. Right. Why are you calling the cops on black people who are just doing random things? Random things. They're barbecuing while black. Trying to sell lemonade. Trying to sell lemonade. Trying to sell water. There was another guy who, this one was super close to home because it was, I want to say San Francisco. And this guy was going, trying to get into a, like an apartment complex. Mm -hmm. And the lady, or no, the guy with his, child his adoptive child because he was white the child was asian okay and the and the child kept going dad stop just stop don't don't call the cops don't right. do this the guy was just trying to get into the apartment complex because that's where his friend lived yep and the guy Common. the guy called the cops there's a man trying to get into this apartment complex in full daylight Ooh, <laughs> no yeah <laughs> boogeyman right yikes Run away, children. Right. So white tears are when the cops show up and they play victim. That's what Barbecue Becky did. She, when the cops showed up, because the guys were recording her, they were mocking her. They were talking shit Mm. about her, which they rightfully should have been doing. And there's a racist sentiment from the white person who somehow thinks that they are a victim. Right. They are a victim of this black family doing what family does on a summer day. Right. And so when the cops showed up, when I tell you those tears came flowing, Mm -hmm. uh, they were threatening me. Nobody threatened you. Nobody threatened you. You you don't know what a threat is? (laughs) No. Nobody threatened her. And that's, those are white tears. Right. And those are the tears that I love to drink. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, uh, I've talked a little bit about on this show before about the more you overcome in life, the easier things seem to be right. Like when, and I think the example I used on one of the other episodes was when I broke my ankle. I was like, yeah, of course I broke my (laughs) ankle. Like, Yeah. What else would I be doing right now? The week before Christmas? Yeah. I broke my ankle, just added to my schedule. Right. So the more you overcome, the higher your threshold is. And really these white people complaining about this kind of stuff have not overcome anything. No, not at um, all. And when you look at the average white person's life compared to the average black person's life, and of course I'm talking about in America because that's where I am. And that's all th- we and know. That's the, that's the <laughs> information I know. It is mind-blowing how often they face racism. It's a daily basis. And depending on where you are in the country, it can be a lot worse or it can be a lot better. But it is still there. Yes. And I challenge any white person listening to this to just be a little bit more aware. Maybe you're agreeing with everything we say. Maybe you are disagreeing with everything we've said and you've turned this off 45 minutes ago. (laughs) That's fine. Probably. But we have to use our white privilege and our power in this country as white people to affect change because the ruling class is the only people who can actually change the way things are. Exactly. And when we talk about allyship, it's for all oppressed. All of them. All of them. And me being a straight black woman, I am a huge ally for mm-hmm. the LGBTQIA plus community. Just even that is more letters than I usually say. <laughs> 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 a 
Listen, I'm trying. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. The LGBTQIA plus community. That's what it is. That. that That's what it is to me. And and I'm not saying that only because I'm oppressed. Like if I were, I feel like if I was born a white man, I feel like I would maybe feel the same way. But again, I don't know. If I was born a white man, I'd be making double what I do now. And I'd... <sighs> Mm-hmm. I would have had sex when I was 16. I would have had a car when I was 18. I would have had a full ride college scholarship. I would have had you'd a be, shit ton. Your name would probably be Jeff Bezos and you'd be making trillions of dollars. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? It would be great. But because, and, and I don't like to say because I'm oppressed is why I, you know, because there are a lot of black people who do not support the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm-hmm. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot. But I understand what it feels like to be oppressed. And and when I say I understand, I feel it on a very marginal, very small, small level. Because again, I'm I'm good. I'm one of the good ones. I've been told that before. Oh God. You're so you're you're one of the good ones, Sharita. You're one of the good blacks. Yeah. You're <laughs> quote lucky because you have a middle class job. Right. But how dare you try and even be average? You have to consider yourself blessed or lucky right. that you are able to survive. Correct. Correct. And the thing is, it's like, just because I'm middle class or it doesn't make me any less black. No. I'm I'm going to be black till the day I die. That is true. I am going to be a black straight woman till the day I die. Mm, not true. That could change. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen you. (laughs) Listen, I mean, is bi curious on the spectrum? Yeah. Oh, perfect. (laughs) That's the plus. (laughs) Of course. We're inclusive. See, there it is. But I'm so, I'm such an ally. Here's the thing is straight people will listen to straight people. White people will listen to white people. Mm -hmm. White people will not listen to black people. Right. And they definitely won't listen to angry black people. But they're the best. I mean. Two years ago, I was in Washington, D.C. for a conference. And here's how ignorant I was. I didn't even know that the Black History Museum had opened. Oh. And it opened like just a couple months before I was there. And so I was like, what? Like how, like, I felt like a fool. I felt like I was not doing my part as any kind of ally that I didn't even know it was open yet. But you had to get tickets in advance and you had the ticket portal opened at like 6 a.m. So I was like, I'm going to do that. And I tried for three days in a row at 6 a.m. to get them. And I finally got them the day before I was to fly out of D.C. And I raced over there as soon as my conference was done and I only had like two hours in this whole place where I literally could have spent the entire day and then some. And you get into the building and it takes you on an elevator down. Okay. And so as you go down, you're like going backwards in history and they start off with the slave trade. Okay. And there's like models and images of the slave ships and how they used to pack them. Literal stacks of Literal people. stacks. And how if you let them lay on their backs, you can get X amount of, of slaves over in one shipment. But if you made them lay on their sides, you can get 30% more in oh the hole. More God. die. But so it was just like a odds game. Right. That is the history of black people in this country. And then it goes on to the Civil War. It goes on to sharecropping. It goes on to the Great Depression, school integration, the race riots in the 60s. And as I was making my own way, like I got teared up because this is the history of our country. Right. We're racist. We have a very racist past that we don't like to accept, that we don't like to acknowledge. even acknowledge. Right. And I was kind of walking along with this woman, like her and I were just kind of keeping the same pace as we were going through the museum. And we got to this one exhibit and she just busts out into gospel music. Like she's in her church choir. And I turned and I was like, wow, wow. And then her mom, who she was with, so this is like an older woman and then maybe someone who's in her forties. The mom is sitting there crying because she lived through this, right? She lived through Martin Luther King getting assassinated and she just read a quote 
but in like the strongest like black power voice you have ever heard. And it resonated in these hallways. Wow. And I was touched. Yeah. And we were talking, it's like with all of this stuff that you and your family members, your loved ones, your people have been through and you're still able to move forward with your life because you don't really have a choice, but you are choosing to try and make each day better is inspirational. It's very powerful. And it is something that everyone can learn from, but also that we need to use as a catalyst to propel ourselves forward for everyone. We've laughed. We've cried. We've given our advice. We've given advice. Now go forth and live with pride. Yeah, live with pride. Out to adults.